Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Let the beat flow. Yes, yes. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. The program is called Balloon Party. It wins awards. All the awards. All the awards. Not just one. Best one-hour midday show hosted by guys who are on HD2. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Shipped it. Nailed Spoon it. Party 101 ESPN. Jeremy Rutherford going to be in studio with the Rutherford Report. He's coming in studio. Yeah. That. Love it. I yeah. love when JR comes in studio. Uh, Jackson, your thoughts on the Blues uh, opener? That was good to see a win. Good to see Jake Neighbors get in there, get a goal. Power play looking okay, I guess, without Perron. Uh, probably definitely some kinks to work out, but it's always said, good. Probably then definitely. I can't tell which one it is. It's just good to get a, a W out there, you know, pick up some points. Binner looked pretty good. What didn't you like? The Columbus Blue Jackets uniforms. Oh, wow. Weak. Redirect. Very clip-arty. Not what we're looking for. And uh, but the atmosphere seemed great. They got cracking this week, so oh. that'll be a, that'll be refreshing for you oh. when you stay up late to watch the Blues take on the Kraken. It's like watching art in, in motion there because of their uniforms, oh. not necessarily the franchise's operations. I couldn't. Uh, they still have Vince Dunn, right? All right, I can name one player on the Kraken. <sighs> Anything else other than CBJ's uniforms to take away from it? Yeah, I guess just uh, a lot of guys, like, neighbors didn't look great at all times, but he scored the the line there with Barbie and uh I feel a moral obligation Schenner. at this moment to jump in and ask if you watched the game. I watched part of it. I passively watched it. I was at a, How do you passively watch well, it? Well, I was at a get-together, and the game was on, but, you know, you're conversating. The audio's not on. Therefore, you're not, like, locked in. But I was passively watching it. I would have thought... After this is our second hockey season together here. It is, yeah. Well, I like second and a half, first and a half. And uh, I, I would have thought you would have learned your lesson from last year to not fire bluffs at the pot. I've passively watched the game. I don't know what passively watching means. I just explained it. You just kind of, <laughs> it's on like when you're either at a bar or like at a so get together. So we're in a get together. That's also, that demands a follow up too. It was just some friends got together and we hung out. Were and you at a home? Were you at a cocktail lounge? Were you at a, a home. speakeasy? It was a home. There was people there and we watched. Uh, but like I said, passively. so were people gathered around, like sitting on the couch watching the game, and you go, man, look at the way neighbors is playing, and you know, look at Binner. Yeah, you just that's what was it. going on. You just nailed it. So you got you were at like five or six other people were watching the game. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a get together. I think once you get to like ten double digits, you kind of have a party on your okay. hands. 
All right. Yeah. So that's kind of how. But then, how are you passively watching if five or six people are facing the television? I'm conversating. Uh, I'm 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 trying to hold court in a sense. (sighs) Send in Rivers to skull crush him again now. That's from the six three six. Conversing is a word. Conversating is not. From the three one four. Timmy was at a country club. That's from the six one eight. I was not. I was not at a country club. Uh, I was just hanging out, and so the game was on. Uh, I feel like I'm being unfairly uh, uh, taken, like taking shots at. I, I, like the Blues won. Why is everyone so upset? <laughs> Jeremy Rutherford still wants to tend to you about the Ryan O'Reilly. Would you call him strawberry blonde or something like no, that? On I didn't say strawberry. It says there was a tinge of orange or red in his hair, which, upon review, was you stand by. Yeah, I mean his beard has a little All red right. in it. Not like you said it's like Justin Turner is what I remember you saying. No, no, it's not like fire truck red where it's like gonna come out at you, but it's kind of lighter brown. Uh-huh. I don't know. Which is what you would fair. say if if you didn't say it was red. Right. Well, kind of red. So JR will be in to tend to that situation from Friday. Uh, that's coming up at 10.15. You're welcome to participate in the show, as many of you have already elected to do, by texting in 65780 or leaving a mic drop. Uh, biggest story of the weekend, go. Tennessee defeating Alabama. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't see how it could be. Really, I mean, I guess the MLB playoffs, but not uh, nothing like... Oh, I think that's I think that's legit. I, but I mean, what are most if you're going? What are most people around the United States of America? This is America, Jack. Cleo McDowell, 1988, coming to America. Good. And who is he talking to, Jackson? Since you own the website GoodOrBad.com, which is a unfortunate takeoff on Rotten Tomatoes. Was he talking to James Earl Jones? He was King Jofie Jofer, sir. Yeah. Yeah. King Jofie Jofer. This is America, Jack. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what, he said. what Cleo McDowell said. Is that John Otis? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Well, Jones. So if you're going around the country and you're listening to all the sports talk radio shows and morning drive and all the one hour midday shows, what do you think they are talking about most? Probably Tennessee, Alabama. I would think. Now in the, in the South, South, for sure. Yeah. And if you go into the big markets with NFL franchises, they're probably talking about the respective team. But if you're right. talking about the team the, the story that's non local I would say it's probably Tennessee, Alabama. I got to tell you, we got a situation here with the playoffs. Yeah, big time. This was the thing that I was talking about going into the playoffs. Yep. Not just the Padres. And you and, and yet, what was it, yesterday or two days ago, just all of a sudden, I'm conversating, passively watching something with yeah. my friends, and I get a $20 payment from Jackson. I'm like, what in the hell? I just tell you, I immediately tell you, thank you, but what's that for? Yeah, and, and we was, apparently bet on things. Yeah, we bet on the Padres and Dodgers. I took the Dodgers. I, and I think I took the Padres when they were down one nothing, and I said, I don't you even want odds. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good about the wagers on the Padres to win the National League in the World Series. Yeah. Going up against the Phillies. Plus 1,600 or 1,800 to win the World Series, plus 2,800 to the National League, and plus 2,800 to win the World Series. Uh, but what you got going on here is a 111 team. Uh, 111 win team is gone in four games. Yep. Uh, the Braves, who won more than 100 games, gone in four games. The Mets, uh, gone in three games. A division winner in the Cardinals, winning 93, gone. And now I recognize this comes from the LA Times, and so there's obvious bias, and I don't imagine the writer would deny that. 
But I kind of liked the analogy. It's the equivalent to winning a marathon, because I think they won 22 more games than the Padres. It's the equivalent to winning a marathon by like a half hour, and then you have to go up against the second place team in a 100-yard dash. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I really enjoyed that when I read it, and it's not like I'm like, oh, sweet, the L.A. Times, because I know they're bitter about the way that it went down, and they're really bitter about the last decade. The Cardinals were responsible for 2013 and 2014. But I just, listen, I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. My favorite thing in sports that, that involve the team sports, because for me it's always going to be the Masters. and Sure. But team sports, Stanley Cup playoffs. However, I would imagine, and maybe we'll ask Jeremy Rutherford about this once we get done putting a picture of Justin Turner and Ryan O'Reilly next to each <laughs> other and seeing if he can figure out which is which. Right, and you can't. <laughs> the, the regular season in NHL has been reduced in its importance because of how many teams got into the playoffs. And that went back years. And it used to be that four out of five teams in the old Norris division, Jackson, you know about the Norris division? Look me in the eye and answer the question. That's a no. You don't even have to answer it. The Norris division would get into the playoffs, and then they'd play each other, and then they'd go play, uh, who was it, the Prince of Wales, something like that? Yeah, the Prince of Wales. Yep. Was this just named after a guy named Norris? <laughs> or is that like a company? Yes, yeah, they bought the sponsorship. Okay. That's exactly what it was. Good money-making, I guess. <laughs> so now baseball, the best teams are getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it just sucks. It's crazy. And I don't know what they're going to do about it. And so in that sense, I got to tell you, I want to see the Guardians win tonight. Oh, and usually, time. as weird as it sounds especially here in St. Louis, I like to see the Yankees in it because I'm, I'm always in my fantasy about the Cardinals playing the Yankees. Right. Still hasn't happened since 64. So I like to see the big brand names get in there and then go up against, take your, like an upstart, a rematch in 1998, Padres and Yankees. But now I'm like, okay, if three of the four teams that had the best records in their respective leagues get knocked out in the first round, baseball's going to have to tend to that. Yeah. It's It's... From a competitive standpoint, it isn't right. And you go, okay, well, this is the way that it works in the NHL and the NBA, then fine. But you're playing twice as many games. And you had a team win 111 games, and they're gone in four games. I don't know. I, listen, I, it's one thing to present a problem. To me, you gain, gain credibility by being able to say the word gain properly, number one, and then mm-hmm. also presenting a solution. And any solution that I would present would either be reducing the number of regular season games you're not playing baseball into mid-November or reducing the number of teams in the playoffs, which then would reduce revenue. So those would not be acceptable propositions to both the owners and the Players Association because you'd be taking dollars off the table. But as far as determining who the best team is, you are, if I'm not mistaken, you are going to have the number five and six seeds in the National League playing for the NLCS. The NLCS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I read an article a month ago or so, talking about how Major League Baseball doesn't recognize regular season success enough. You know, you have yes. teams like the Dodgers who, you know, there's they got a bye, but so did you know, the Braves. But my, my, but my premise on the bye, because three other teams got it, my premise on the bye is that the bye is not necessarily an advantage. The bye could be a disadvantage. Yeah, certainly. And we saw it in 2006 with the Cardinals and Tigers. The Tigers had to sit around for a week. We've seen it also play out in other sports. It's not limited to baseball, but baseball perhaps more so. And this is the first time it's been a quote-unquote reward. And at at worst, depending on your perspective, at best at worst, but either way, two of the teams are gone in the Braves and the Dodgers. 
and the Astros were fighting for their lives in all three of those games. Has yeah. there ever been a closer sweep? Yeah, right, exactly. In playoff history? You got to go 18 innings with a team. And they needed the walk-off by Alvarez in Game 1, and they needed the comeback home run by Alvarez in Game 2 in the 18 innings and the home run by Pena in Game 3. Holy crap. It was not sweat-free to get to the ALCS. My point being, you know, and this is kind of where they are now in Los Angeles, and I think this is where they were in Atlanta. It's like, yeah, we have these incredible regular seasons, but it's, it's a labyrinth to get to the World Series. And... The 162 games, it, it it reduces the emotion and the appeal of it. And now it just becomes like the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah, in a sense. Cardinals it, won 93 games, and they have a bad 24 hours, and that'll wrap her up. Yeah, I think— and it's on, like, we'll play better. That's wonderful. That's I mean, that's scalding hot. But th- there is an element of integrated competition yeah. that is being left on the doorstep. And so what is your reward for having the best year? A buy that may screw you up. Yeah. So we'll get into that, too. Jeremy Rutherford is going to uh, be with us uh, coming up here in studio. Your questions for JR65780. Send them in. We'll talk it over as the Blues win the opener on Saturday night. Jackson passively watched it, and his big observation was the Blue Jackets Uniforms look like they were designed on yeah, like clip Microsoft art. Paint. Microsoft Paint. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was clip art nonsense. <laughs> so you're gonna you have some questions for JR. Yeah, I'm gonna say when are they gonna improve those bad boys? <laughs> Boy, I bet he's not ready for that. No, that standing at the door, standing in the doorway, debating that just to turn around. <laughs> uh, that's coming up next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back to Blue Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. And here in our studios, it is a pleasure be joined by the great Jeremy Rutherford. What's up, JR? Hey, how are you doing? Uh, I'm wonderful. My co-host passively watched the Blues and Blue Jackets on Saturday. I know you were at the game. Were you passively watching, or how would you describe your viewing? <laughs> I think I was watching a little more intently than Jackson was. <laughs> and and passively might be a little strong. What is? Let's define passively. Well, I tried to get to the bottom of it, and I felt like I was interviewing Quinn Snyder 20 years ago. <laughs> I, I couldn't have been more clear. I, 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 was, I was at a get-together where the game wasn't the main thing that was going on. So but you I said just... you were in, a, in an L-shape uh, couch, in the men's card room, yeah, obviously it, it was a sectional. bogey club. Yeah, it was obviously a three-piece sectional. Uh, very nice. Could we? How about the way Ford's we could, uh, find out our answer here? Is could we just like quiz them with like one or two questions, oh, and basic boy. questions? No, oh, poorly, is, but I'll do it. Is a yeah. Bad idea, jeans. Yeah. But Jr., please go ahead. I okay. mean, you know that the man thinks Ryan O'Reilly looks like Justin Turner. <laughs> exactly. So, so we'll go super basic here. The Blues had a two-zero lead. What happened after that? Uh, the Blue Jackets scored two in 18 seconds. Wow, that's, that's possible. Ah! Whoa, what a moment Man. here for this show. <laughs> I feel like I'm on Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> he even got the seconds right, 18 seconds. Wow, yeah. look goals. at that. Look at me now, folks. <laughs> wow. I mean, I would have given you like 20 to 1 on that. Yeah, just knocked it right in there. Wow, the very athletic, nice. The athletics hiring. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> well, Kerber's already going to get him in the booth oh. for, a, for a period. Vitaly's out here. for a period, yeah. and he comes in. But we do have to work on O'Reilly's hair color. What uh, 
I mean, it's he's 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 gonna go down with a ship on this one, Jr. It, it's kind of it's got like a tinge. Of, I don't know, like what he does to yeah. it. I don't know if the natural look is more. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I don't want to assume anything because I don't want people to assume anything about my hair. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but I just think that it's kind of got a touch of red to it. And it's not like an Irish thing as much I as people would like that though. to be. I took it. that okay. to be, you know, like he's about to call him like a potato eater. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I was about to jump across this council on Friday to defend my people. I was dying because I was at the Centene typing up an article listening to you guys on the app and I'm like, red hair, what's it? You know, the funny part about that, I did a uh, player poll where you go in the locker room and ask them a bunch of questions about each other and I asked uh, a bunch of players, so who wears the most product in their hair? Oh, nice. And this is a couple years ago and all of them, everybody said O'Reilly, right? but they want a step further, Tim. They said, uh, that's not hair product, it's Vaseline. Like he goes Oh, he greases it up. Greases it up. That's oh, interesting. man. Ah. Well, it's a nice look. I'm jealous. I mean, yeah. here in this this studio, this yeah. is a this is a follically challenged studio. Big time. Uh, Jackson's unfortunately trending that way, but he might he might have a procedure done. I don't know. He keeps hinting at it. Maybe Something. he's done it. I don't know. Yeah. So secretive. These, these passive watching parties that he goes to. <laughs> yeah, I was secret. I was really getting my hair transplanted. <laughs> yeah, you're getting your hair done on Saturday night during the Blues opener. Uh, you can text your questions in for JR 65780. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for the hour here on 101 ESPN. A um, couple of things that stood out to me from the game. First off, Vladimir Tarasenko two goals, the huge ovation for a guy who's now playing his second season since asking for a trade. Um, Jordan Bennington's performance minus, as Jackson in a startling develop uh, observed, the two goals in 18 seconds. And uh, and then also Neighbors and uh, in, in his goal in the uh, third period. Um, what stood out to you as you were passively watching from the press box. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think a lot of things. I think the balanced scoring, you get two from Tarasenko off to a good start. You know, you wonder about the power play without David Prahn. Looked pretty good, you know, from the get-go with uh, Pavel Buchnevich mm-hmm. getting that early goal. You know, we all talked about that third line last week. It looks good on paper. How are they going to play Barbashev, Shen, and, and Neighbors? And uh, they get two goals in the third period. And, and so I think offensively, kind of looked like it did last year. Uh, you know, it's game one, but Second period was sloppy, and yeah. the fact that they stuck with it and found it in the third period, you know, early on in the season, that's always a good sign. And, and finally, you asked about uh, Bennington. You know, I, you hate to stick your neck out because as soon as you say that this guy is going to have a good season, you know, then you go through a tough couple weeks. But everything I've seen in the preseason, Tim, you know, he allows, what, two goals on 64 shots in the entire preseason. Then the other night, yeah, the two in 18 seconds, like Jackson reminded us. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank uh, you. But uh, one of them goes off Preko's nose, and you heard Preko uh, in the post game. He goes, yeah, off the nose and onto the other guy's stick. Not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of a tough 18-second uh, stretch there. But I just... You know, again, hate to stick the neck out, but I feel like Bennington's in a good spot. That's great to hear. I think people will like hearing that. And then if he gives up a couple soft goals, then I'll just look at your mentions. Yeah, That's what I'll do. Give me a holler. And maybe I'll hit you for my burner account also. <laughs> uh, they, they did. They had a couple sloppy uh, moments, maybe even more than a couple sloppy. And I think Craig Berube uh, made sure to talk about that as well as the fact that they did get the win and that they got to be better. Do you expect any line changes as they head to the the Northwest uh, after after Saturday? Yeah, so it seems like what they're going to do is play like one game every two weeks, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> they're on kind of a, an NFL-ish schedule now. Yeah, so last team to play in the league, all, you know, every team. And then now you go a couple days before you play in uh, Seattle on Wednesday. So I'll head up there. I don't anticipate any line changes. You know, I think they like what they have brewing here. And then, you know, in terms of injuries, 
Uh, Logan Brown's still going to be out. I wouldn't expect him to be back by Wednesday. And the other guy you got up is uh, Josh Levo. And uh, Torpchenko was a guy who jumped in the lineup kind of unexpectedly on opening night. Yeah. And, and he was terrific. Yeah. Five hits, just played outstanding. And, and the Blues love him. So as long as he came out of that healthy, which they're not practicing today. So he was on the ice yesterday. So uh, you would expect him to be okay for Wednesday. I wouldn't anticipate anything. We were talking about this uh, in the commercial break. And that is my observation um, from Craig Berube's post game was it seemed like people were uh the reporters and i don't know uh how active you were in in this uh were trying to get him to you know give a positive characterization of neighbor's game getting the goal and he was seemingly kind of tamping down the performance he wasn't critical but he just you know he wasn't willing to give the yeah he looked incredible great to see him get a goal we're really expecting big things from him and I don't know if there is a strategy with a young guy there I don't know if he saw some things that he didn't like what is your interpretation well you know Craig Ruby's uh, great in those post-game press conferences uh, I think the other night after the game you know maybe you don't know what's on his mind as he sits down there but maybe there are a few things in the game that he didn't like he didn't like the puck management Columbus second period they get past him so you know whatever type of mood he's in might alter you know his answers on everything but with regard to Jake Neighbors. Yeah, I think, you know, when I asked uh, him about Jake, he said, oh, good, you know, normal game, you know, type type of game we expect from him. He wasn't glowing, Yeah. but, you know, I don't know that I'd read too much into it because he was so glowing about him during the preseason, and he's been a big fan of him, mm-hmm. and, and he's really, you know, I think more so than any other rookie that I've seen, uh, Craig Brewery's really talking him up. And so that night, you know, there were some rookie – moments where he's deferring instead of shooting the puck he's passing the puck or maybe he's got a turnover here uh, but uh, you know I, I agree with you that it sounded like he was trying to tamp it down a little bit just to kind of keep a level head as you move forward with neighbors what do you think of the letty Pareko pairing in yeah one? not too bad and, and I know that uh, the blues have a lot riding on that you sign letty to a, a four-year you know 16 million dollar deal and you put him with Pareko. Berube said before the game the other night, that's going to be good for Pareko to give him a, a guy that he's going to have some consistency with. You know, last year you started with Scandella, then you went to Mikula, and it just wasn't any consistency, right, Tim? So yeah. uh, Letty and Pareko, they didn't play much together last year. I looked it up, just uh, 80 minutes together, five on five. And so now you put these guys out there, I think, for night one. If you can hold Johnny Goodrow down to just one shot, no offense for him, pretty good start for those guys. I'm curious what you think about this, and this, this kind of is a gambling thing but it also talks about the league's expectations, well, at least Las Vegas' expectations, and maybe what your perspective is on it. Last year, the Blues finished with 109 points. Their point total projected for over-under in Vegas this year is 95.5. That's a relatively substantial drop-off. Again, it doesn't mean that's what's going to happen, but there is a perception that they are going to have a regression. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is, does it speak to the Blues, or does it speak to how competitive the Central is expected to be? What do you think? Yeah, probably a little bit of the, the competition. You know, some teams around the league. I mean, look at Calgary. You thought that maybe they'd drop off without sure. Pedro and, and Kachuk, and then they bring in the two guys they did. So, you know, some of those teams are going to stay at where you, where you think they'd be at. You know, I think around the league, just hearing the prognosticators, you know, even at the Athletic with uh, Dom predicting 92.2 with his model, uh, it's a little low for me. I still like this team. I still like the forward depth. Yeah, you're going to miss David Prime, but you hope that uh, Kyra and Thomas can do what they did last year. And then you got some other guys who can step up. Look, everybody's thinking Barbashev can't score 26. I don't know that he'll score 26, but he sure scored a nice goal the other night. So yeah. I still think he's going to be a 20-goal guy. And and look, neighbors off to a good start. So I, I still like this team. And But the bottom line is this. 
the goaltending, Jordan Bennington. And I think that Jordan Bennington so far has has played well. And if he can be that type of goalie that we saw in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you don't have to pitch a 950 like you did against you know Minnesota-Colorado, but if he can be in that 925 range, I think the Blues have a really good shot of uh, reaching that point total. The, the first goal is a thing of beauty. Um, it was a textbook. Uh, do you get the impression the Blues will want to keep a one-timer option on both power plays? Uh, is Butchnevich going to be the guy on on that unit? What do you think they will do with regards to the power play? Yeah, Tim. So that's the one thing is they just don't necessarily have that one timer, and we did see it with Butchnevich, and he can probably get it off. Uh, but David Perron had that, and mm-hmm. that's the one thing you miss on that power play. And I think a big reason why they've really mixed up these power play. Uh, units. I mean, you're seeing a couple big name players on each of them, and teams do that. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you had a Tarasenko uh, and and uh, Shen and a uh, Tory Krug and those guys together. Now they've got them separated. So the one thing I noticed though is that where Jordan Cairo is lining up, he's in that Perron spot. Jordan Cairo's got a pretty good shot. It's not David Perron's, but mm-hmm. still a pretty good shot. And there were times that it came over to him, and he probably could have one-timed it and got that thing off, but he just touched past it to the middle. And then it gets turned over, and it gets kicked out of the zone. And I think that maybe as he gets more comfortable and uh, realizes they need him to shoot that, you'll probably see that more. Uh, Final question for uh, Jeremy Rutherford in studio with the Rutherford Report here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Question for the hockey guru. When Brown returns, who gets moved off the third line? Great show in spite of Jackson's lack of blues knowledge. That's Jimmy from the 618. I think Jackson gave wonderful knowledge yeah, well, uh, on, uh, on the two goals in 18 seconds. How much more I can st- I do? I still feel like you guys might have rehearsed that bit, <laughs> and I was on the outside looking in. But, well, you know, I don't oh, know. Oh, he saw my text. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jimmy, it's a situation with Logan Brown. I think it's a shoulder injury. Uh Craig Bruby told us in Charleston that they're going to have to get him looked at when he gets back to St. Louis. He didn't have an update in the past couple of days, so we don't have anything on that. But here's the thing. like If Logan's coming back this week, hypothetically, let's say, yeah, yeah you got a question mark. What's going to happen? You know, his neighbors pull out of the lineup or what happens? That's why it's so important for Jake Neighbors to play well in these games You know that he's getting. He can prove that he can play there. But, you know, with it being a shoulder injury and the coach saying we still need to get it looked at, you know, if it's a couple weeks down the road, the lines could look different anyway mm-hmm. and the question's kind of moot at that point. So let's just wait and see what happens with Logan Brown and his injury before we pull somebody off that line. There it is. Jeremy Rutherford with us every Monday this year throughout the course of the Blues season. And you'll be making your debut on the Ryan Kelly morning (laughs) after. You know, it's one thing to be on 101 ESPN. Nice little station. Don't get me wrong. But what's it going to be like when you're on HD2 radio (laughs) on Wednesday morning and you reach the masses, the masses yeah. Timmy, you know what's funny about this is when I came in the door today, the first person I bump into is John Kioski, and I tell him, you know, I'm doing TMA with you this week, and he goes, oh, JR, I've thought of you as such a good father. Oh, my goodness. It's going to change. What's happening? <laughs> yep. You will feel the poison run through your veins at 9 o'clock on Wednesday morning. So that'll be every Wednesday on TMA and every Monday here on Balloon Party. JR, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you, boys. There he is, Jeremy Rutherford with the Rutherford Report. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you to the top of the hour. All kinds of things to get into from the weekend. The NFL season uh, hitting some big-time games along with college football and the baseball playoffs. Uh, the playoff format, the Yankees fighting for their lives, and a former Cardinal might be the one that is keeping them in this thing. We'll talk about that coming up here in the second half of Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
apologize. I was passively listening to your sports center update. Uh, who on the Blues has a calf strain? Uh, nobody on the Blues. Pat Connaughton of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks has a calf strain, so it'll be out three weeks. Are they pumping this program into Milwaukee now? No, no. I just, you know, I think the Bucks are. I think they're the best team in the East. Uh, a lot of people tell you the Celtics. I think the Celtics are good, uh, but I think it's the Bucks conference to to lose essentially. Okay. So I heard "bah" and then I heard "calf strain." I go, "Oh my God, we just had Jeremy Rutherford in." What did I miss? But I guess I didn't theoretically miss anything. Well, I mean, it's I a depend- member of the Bucks. Well, it depends on your perspective, but um. So I should have asked Jeremy Rutherford about. Pat Connaughton's calf. I would have enjoyed it, but I, I, because I know hockey, they wouldn't call it a calf strain. They call it a lower body injury. Sounds like that was like passive-aggressive toward the game. No. No, I get it. You don't want to tell the opponent exactly what hurts, you know. But, I mean, we could be a little more specific. It's a leg injury. That isn't even a person, Jackson. At least give updates about real people. Oh, <laughs> Pat Connaughton's real, and his NBA... Uh, Championship ring for 2021, we'll tell you that. Another brutal update from Baby Ass. What do you mean? I told you the I score like that of the Blues name. game. Welcome back to the Baby Ass show. A lot of people probably didn't know when the Blues game was on Wednesday. I informed them. Puck drops at 9 p.m. God, that's a late time to start a hockey game. Oh, my God. Who, I, how am I going to stay up for that? Well, Spoiler alert, I won't. <laughs> Boy, this guy. I've had enough. I feel like this has been a strong segment so far. Yeah, strong is the word I was looking for. All right, uh, Action Jackson, uh, here's what we got going on here. Take your pick. What do you want? I'm gonna. It's, it's Sadie Hawkins time. You no, need I to pick Sadie the topic. Hawkins. Yeah. Got Major League Baseball playoffs. Game five tonight. Yanks, Guardians. Oh. We got the Volunteers, also known as the Vols, beating Roll Tide. On Saturday in a classic. Mm-hmm. Michigan beating uh, Penn State in a battle mm-hmm. of undefeateds. TCU coming back and beating Oklahoma State. Battle of undefeateds. Um, and then we also have the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bills coming back to win that to gain some semblance of vengeance from the playoffs, albeit not the same value of what would have taken place had they held on in January. It's your topic. Wow. Definitely in between college football and the Bills and the Chiefs. Pat Connaughton's calf is not an option. No, I know. I we we've we broke that down enough. Uh, I'll go with college football. College football. Tennessee, Alabama. All right. I've talked about my friend the Wizard on this show. Uh huh. And the Wizard has gone from uh, a proletariat, as I often describe myself. Mm hmm. A proletariat like myself. Uh, a mucker, a grinder, right. who's just trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents, a dime and a nickel. Uh, and now he has turned himself into a wealthy man by building daily fantasy sports lineups and gambling. And I texted him on Saturday morning, and I said, hey, the wizard, I said, uh, anything stand out to you today? And he goes, I can't figure it out because it's the public, as in the the bad better sure uh, is all over it, but my algorithm says the best play today is the Tennessee Volunteers. Yes, and when I was looking at it last week, I thought it as well, but then I figured everybody's going to be on Tennessee, so I had to think that Alabama's somehow going to cover. So I can't figure it out, and I said, and the thing is, the spread started at either six and a half or seven. And it got up it, when I was texting with him Saturday morning. It, it was at nine, so it just kept going up. Yeah. So it was this 
not only incredible college football game that you'll see replayed for years to come, it was also a conundrum for gamblers. I still don't know what was going on um, as far as the gambling element of it. But as far as Tennessee goes, they're for real. But I thought they were for real before this game. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it confused me is because, A, Alabama's got a question mark with Bryce Young going into the game. Now he played and he was strong, but but it was Alabama's penalties that killed him and their defense. Um, But B... I just I, I don't know why people aren't buying into Tennessee. I feel like if Tennessee were doing what you know they're doing, and they had Georgia or Alabama right. on their uniforms, they'd be oh this Tennessee, you know this team is. And so I wonder if sometimes people get caught up in the brands in college football and college basketball more than what's actually going on. Well, big time. Because Tennessee has been one of the best teams in the country week in week out. I guess the their worst win is is what they did with Florida. Florida's right. being a rather lackluster team, but yeah. then people still get caught up in the Florida brand. But they got stomped at home by LSU this week, and Missouri really could have won that game in the Swamp uh, 10 days ago. So with that all said, um, Tennessee, I would have thought, would have been number one in the country. Now, it means nothing because they control their destiny, but when I saw the polls yesterday, I was like, oh, Tennessee's three. Right. Again, you got Georgia at one, who had to struggle with Kent State and really struggle with Missouri. And then Ohio State, who, to their credit, has destroyed every opponent they've played. Yeah, the only really one was played. they kind of messed around with Notre Dame at the beginning, and Notre Dame's a bit of a mess this year. Right. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State has just eviscerated they, everybody. Yeah, they decimated everybody, but they haven't really played anybody yet. So how does a team that's won in Baton Rouge and beaten Alabama at home? Yeah, it doesn't make, Florida, it doesn't you know, make much sense. I just feel like I, I feel like people are waiting for the shoe to drop on Tennessee. I guess because they're not a brand. And then yeah. what, what happens after Alabama loses? Well, Alabama can still get in. It's like you try to figure out what ways to get Alabama in. Alabama's got their hands full to get in. Oh, yeah. Because Alabama still has to face Ole Miss. Hotty toddy, good God almighty, is is undefeated. Uh, and they still have to deal with Mississippi State, yep. which is legitimate. Yep. Uh, and I believe that is this year. week. They struggled with them last year, big time. And then in, in the SEC, you have four teams in the top ten. Yeah, it's crazy. You have the number one team, the number three team, and you still have Roll Todd there, and you have undefeated Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky got a win this weekend. And so from a college football playoff standpoint, this could get real interesting, not just with who gets in, but how many SEC teams get in. Right, and then the question's asked, like, is it fair to get three three of them in there and then assumingly Ohio State? Like, is there teams out there who would be, you know, UCLA's undefeated, USC's put together a nice season. Like, the, Tennessee has to go between the hedges yeah, in I mean, two weeks. If Tennessee goes undefeated, they've, earned, they've obviously have earned it. So what, let's, let me just play a scenario out with you here. Okay. Because I stepped out of the batter's box two months ago, or a month and a half ago, and I said Padres. Padres all day. And now the people are going, you know what? This guy, he's something special. That's yeah. what the people are saying. It's true. I can't, I can't count the number of texts where people write in, man, yeah. you're something special. Oh, yeah. Or they talk to me in third person because they can't imagine. I would read their words right. because I'm something special. Very special. Thank you. We're going to have a situation in which three SEC teams are going to be live for the college football playoff and all hell is going to break loose. Yeah. Now, it won't necessarily be some semblance of Armageddon because people go, well, this is why we're expanding the field. Exactly. But I'm just telling you, you can look out at the schedules right now. Tennessee and Georgia are playing each other. Right. So neither one, both of them can't be undefeated. And both of them can't be in Atlanta. Right. 
And Alabama has Ole Miss as well. Um, what if they got them? And then yeah, I think you got a one-loss Alabama. Does Ole Miss not get in? So let's say Georgia beats Tennessee. And then Alabama has one loss as well. And Tennessee has one loss, but Georgia now is the one that's in the SEC championship game. Yeah, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, and, then, then, that, and I think Ole Miss also is kind of known more as a party brand right. than taken seriously as a college football program relative to Alabama and Georgia, and even relative to Tennessee, which is glorious, you know, 1998 and T. Martin. But they they could be on the outside looking in. This is this is setting up for chaos because we haven't even talked about Ohio State and Michigan. And we haven't even talked about at this moment an undefeated TCU team. Yep. And it's not like the Big 12 has a bunch of SEC-like landmines out there. And by the way, is even though I am a Missouri guy, uh, and don't say anything to me about anything else because I am so focused on Vanderbilt this week. It is Vanderbilt week at it's my Vandy house. Week, yeah. It's Vanderbilt week. But ILL, ILL. I don't get that. I went to Missouri. I, I'm fine. But I, if a team's playing well to tip my cap and they're playing well very well and uh ill will have to travel to ann arbor yeah that's uh, and that'll put that'll put bielma and the boys to the test right but hey six and one nothing i don't yeah i don't care i don't care you know hey that's that's an improvement from where things were right Uh, just like how things have uh to many missouri fans detriment uh, improved in Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, if you're really into it, Manhattan, Kansas. So from my standpoint, I think we're going to have anarchy over the next uh, seven weeks in college football. Because right. I really do think it's going to be, you're going to find the pundits trying to make a case for three SEC teams to get in. And it'd be really interesting if they're trying to put three SEC teams in over an undefeated Big 12 team. Right, and that's kind of where I am. At. Like, How are you going to judge... An undefeated Big 12 team or Pac-12 uh, against a one-loss, say Tennessee or Georgia, or a one-loss Alabama. Like, yeah, they play the creme de la creme, but they have one loss. And this other, like, what else can they do besides win every single game that's on their I'm schedule? Telling you, I see it coming. Now, it would be more anarchy if this were the system for the next decade. The system's exactly. getting blown up. But right. as far as short term, there is my call. I gave you the Padres. Now I will give you chaos. Let it rain down upon you. What's the latest on Connaughton's calf? I don't know, but all I know is that you are special. Thank you. Clip that off. We'll use it for a promo. Take a commercial break. Come back with the final segment of Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party for October 17th, 2022. Jackson bouncing in his chair as we come back uh, and welcome you to participate in the festivities by texting in 65780. So, Jackson, uh, Yankees and uh, Guardians tonight, Chargers and Broncos tonight, and I assume the association is tomorrow night doing something this week. Oh, tomorrow night. So what are you, I guess I already have my answer, what are you most excited for? Uh, Well, I'll take the NBA out of it because that's the obvious answer for me. Uh, Probably Guardians and Yankees. Why do the Broncos keep getting primetime games? (laughs) I got to tell you something. For a man who's had a rough show, you just saved it. I mean, first of all, I think I've had a great show, but uh, 
th- this is their third, if I'm counting. They had week one. I was thinking the same thing, because I love to build daily fantasy sports lineups because I'm really cool, and I lose all the time because uh-huh. I'm really cool. And I'm like, oh, my God, i got to try to figure out to do with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and is this the week that Alberto catches a ball? You know, I mean... This is their third. This is like their third. Could anything be worse for Nathaniel Hackett? I feel like Stephen Wilde would. I want to yell, "Stop it!" Yeah, like Nathaniel Hackett couldn't be in a worse situation because every single game gets put under the microscope because the only game on. What is going on? Why do they keep getting these games? Why are they doing this to us? I don't get it. And I like I like watching the Chargers. I think they're a super fun team with probably one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. But no Keenan Allen tonight, most likely. Who hasn't been there since week one, so the, the offense a little flatter. Against the Broncos with like Russell Wilson, who like looks like he forgot how to quarterback, and like no real defense, or I guess their defense is okay, they just play crumb teams. And they're always in prime time. I have no I do believe this is the third time. Yeah, week one, last week against the Colts, and then this will be uh, another one. I can't I saw it. I'm like, oh boy, well, I know I'll be building lineups though. Is Jerry Judy going off? I don't know. Yeah, I hope, I guess. Uh so my here's what I think happened. And tell me if this applies to you and the audience. You made money on Tennessee and the points, and you lost money on either the Chiefs and the points yesterday or the Chiefs Bills over. Yeah. That's what I think spread like a virus throughout the land in gambling communities. That's what I think. Yeah, big time. I mean, uh, I think that people saw that Chiefs-Bills lineup or game. Patrick of, Mahomes, a home dog for the first time right. in forever and they or think if of, ever. And they think of last year and they're like, boy, these two teams can score like 100%. Crazy. But I think it was Tony Romo who literally called the score right at the beginning. He's like, this feels like a 24-20 type game because they're going right? to run great offense, but they're going to do a lot of running the ball. They're going to do a lot of check downs because I think both teams feel if the ball's in their quarterback's hands, they're in a better position than the other side. How about that? Well, he called it, he and it. Uh, that was the way that it played out. It was, And I also think uh, that a lot of people, and Piddles might be one of them, uh, got hammered yesterday as you had random outcomes, especially in the Big noon time. games. Big time, yeah. The Jets in Lambeau. Yep. The Falcons emerged from out of nowhere to just ship the 49ers. That I had. You were on that. Yeah. Look at you, sharp money. Well, but then you know, I was on also on the Dolphins. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on You're the Steelers. You're a big fan of third-string quarterbacks? Yeah, huge fan. Skyler. Uh, well, You're the one who bet them. I just like this. I just like their pants. Well, the, the, did you see the sideline comparison? The, the dolphin sideline is like 80 degrees. The other sideline is like 100 degrees. And that's why you made the bet. I just, I don't, Temperatures. I don't know. I've, I've been betting a lot on the Dolphins this year, and they've usually, they usually end up doing pretty well, especially that Ravens game. I was a backdoor cover if I've ever seen one. But uh, the Steelers is my lock, plus eight, and that nailed. That was nails. But, uh, that was an, uh, we were both on that. Yeah. But then, uh, by the way, it's Denver's fourth prime time. That's what I was thinking. Fourth? I thought it might be fourth. One Sunday night, two Mondays, and oh, a Thursday. Oh, that's right. They had the the two Thursdays. Yeah. God, what, what what I have I have for the life of me. Now, if this were the Bengals, even the Rams, even though they're down this year. Yeah, that's a you know, more certainly obviously matchup. not a pro Ram operation here, but just you know you make out. But what is this? Yeah. I have no idea. Is the game a mile high? That information's it, not public. So far, either way, like it's the, keeping that confidential. It's not like an atmosphere that just like the like, temperatures of the sidelines. Exactly. Yeah. It, if the Bills and Chiefs can't get on prime time, but the Broncos and whoever they play, not you know the Colts included, 
can get on prime time. I don't get it. That this seems like bad so scheduling. Fun. I mean, it's not like Chargers fans yeah, exist oh. and Broncos fans are like, we're not. I mean, we can go to LA and that'll be nice, but we really don't want to watch this operation. Isn't prime time reserved for like the more fun games? It used to be. Yeah, apparently not. I have mm. to watch Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, who can no longer quarterback a team and but make a lot of money. Wow, your Russell Wilson takes shrapnel on this program. Seems like a nice enough guy, but. And then uh, the Saints, and they don't know who will be their quarterback on Thursday, will take on the Cardinals on uh, Thursday night. That matchup doesn't move the needle for me at all. What about this one? The Bears next Monday night taking on the high-flying New England Patriots. That's uh, with with Bailey Zapp? Why do we keep seeing Justin Field (laughs) and Russell Wilson and the Bears and Broncos in primetime? What what's what is going on? New York football. The Giants are five and one, and the Jets are four and well, you two. Know they don't book these like the right. Week I know, before, like college game day. But it's not this like college is. Game I, day. But I don't mean it's not like you go. Oh, Bear is great. We got to get them on Monday night. All right, uh, time for us to go. Uh, I'm sure BK and Ferrari will be all over the Connaughton injury. Uh, that uh, that coming up uh, from eleven to two. Then the fast lane from two p.m. to six p.m. for Action Jackson and Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.